From the University of Alberta Alumni Association, it's What the Job. I'm Matt Ray. The biggest thing is not to is to follow up. Because if I had just sent my resume, if I had just let it go into the ether of somebody's inbox, I never would have gotten anywhere. And I think that like following up is maybe the most important thing for all careers. It's like you need to put yourself in a category of people that are actively trying to get it. On this episode of What the Job, hit the lights and roll cameras because we're talking with film producer Jackie Glick. Jackie got her start through some tenacious networking, which eventually landed her a gig as Adam Sandler's assistant on the movie Pixels. Since then, she's worked on all kinds of Hollywood movies, including a Best Picture winner, and recently, she was a producer on the rom-com The Broken Hearts Gallery. We talked with Jackie about breaking into showbiz, what it's like to be a movie producer, and how her arts degree has helped her on set. What the Job is made possible with the support of our affinity partner, TD Insurance. Did you know that through the TD Insurance Mellish Monarchs program, University of Alberta alumni are entitled to preferred rates on car, home, condo, and renter's insurance? Save even more by bundling your car and home insurance. To learn more about how you can save, please visit tdinsurance.com slash ualbertaalumni. So what's your name and what's your job? I'm Jackie Glick, and I'm a producer. And what do you do as a producer? This is a serious question I have every time I see (laughs) the credits of anything. What does a producer do? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Um, A producer can do a ton of different things. There are some producers that focus a lot on uh, financing and sort of the business, and some producers that focus really a lot on the creative And there are some producer credits that are vanity credits that, you know, they were really instrumental in putting the deal together. So they get a credit or some producer credits are part of the deal. Um, When you're an actor or, you know, a writer, sometimes they also get a producer credit. Basically, a producer can be a lot of things on a movie. But for me, I was the last credit I got was supervising producer. So I worked under the head producer and just sort of worked on set a lot and was part of the creative process leading up to that and then was part of the post process after that. So what what is it like then to I'm assuming we're talking about movies here. We uh, are talking about movies, sorry. And what what is no that's my I'm supposed to provide the clarity. <laughs> what is it like what's it like working on on movies? Like what did you do on set? Um so the part of set that I sort of sit at is the video village where there are screens and I can watch what's being filmed and people know where to find me. That's sort of my place on set. And I sit in one of those director chairs and I answer a lot of questions and try to be as helpful as I can to the crew and also to the creative team. And I also watch to make sure that it looks good. How long have you been working in, in like show business? Um, how long have I been working in show business? Probably about seven or eight years, I'd say. And how did, how did you get there? So after graduating from the University of Alberta, I went to Montreal and did a, a graduate diploma in communications. And there was a, um, a film, television, video sort of component. 
And for it, we got to get inter internships. So I got an internship for this fitness TV show that was filming, well, actually on the beaches of Jamaica and Mexico, but out of Montreal. And I started working with them um, after the internship. And so that was sort of my first way in. And from there? Well, then I produced, I was this, the associate producer, which is just like a junior producer, basically, someone who's working for a producer. Um, a lot like a supervising producer, you're working for the bigger producers. Um, and then I uh, worked there for a couple of seasons and then wanted to work in like film and television, not lifestyle. Um, so then I moved to Toronto and got a job as an assistant on set, um, which was very lucky and kind of like a bit crazy. I moved to Toronto and was like, had no idea what to do, called a bunch of places that were filmed, like a bunch of production offices and was really, uh, up, didn't really realize what I was up against, I think was the key element here. And then I ended up being Adam Sandler's assistant on one of his movies that was filming in Toronto. What, what was that like? It was amazing. If I ever write a memoir, that chapter will be called The Benevolent Comedian Wears Basketball Shorts. He was incredible to work for. The nicest guy, obviously so funny, but also funny and kind in real life. And um, he was, I mean, honestly, instrumental in the rest of my career. He was such a great reference on my resume. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. So you just show up in Toronto and then you're practically call, cold calling places or? I did cold call. So basically I have a friend, I had a couple of friends who were in the sort of Canadian scene. Um, and I was trying to understand how to get a job in film because that was sort of the new goal. And I don't, I didn't really know anybody working in American film. And then I heard about this site, um, the OMDC at the time, which is now Ontario Creates, is sort of like an art fund, I guess. They, they give grants and they have interaction with the things filming in production. And they have a in-production section of their website that just lists everything that's in production and about to be in production. So I started calling places and asking if I could send a resume. And my resume at the time basically just said, please, I had no real experience. <laughs> Um, so then I kept calling back and I, I found out, I Googled the name pixels was an Adam Sandler movie. I thought that sounds fun. I called and I was like, can I send my resume? They were like, sure. Uh, we're, we already have a crew and I was like, it's fine. I'll just send it in case you need it. And they were like, great. And I sent it. And then the next day I called back and I was like, Hey, did you get my resume? And they were like, yeah, we got it. And I was like, okay, great. And then the next day I called back and I said, can I please speak to the production coordinator? So this woman came on the phone. Her name is Sabine Graham. And she, I mean, it ended up being that she is one of the people who does all of the big movies that come to Canada. And I said, look, I, I realize that my resume sucks and that I'm not an ideal candidate for this, but I want to be, and I would love to bring you a coffee and just get a sense of what I need to know in order to get, to break in. And, you know, these, she graciously was like, I'll take a coffee tomorrow morning at 10, a latte. And I was like, okay, okay, great. So I showed up to her office with a latte and she explained to me sort of the ins and outs of what I could possibly do without being in a union, uh, which were, you can be a cast assistant, you can be an office PA, you can be a director's assistant or a producer's assistant. Basically the assistant world is not in a union. 
So we had a really great conversation. She was really amazing. I had just moved from Montreal and she was like, this is what you'll need to know. I can keep you in mind. And then by the end of the conversation, she said, Happy Madison is coming on Friday. If they'll let me fit in one more interview, I'll get you an interview. And I was like, that's amazing. It was like just such a small thing. And she was so gracious. And truly, I owe that woman my career. And then I met with um, I met with Happy Madison and they hired me to be Adam's assistant. And I remember getting the call and I was like, Adam Sandler? They were like, yeah, Adam Sandler. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Um, and it was amazing. That is pretty amazing. And I think what's impressive about it to me is how much you had to sort of hustle to get there, but it seemed to pay off. Yeah, I had been in Toronto for like two weeks. I didn't know where to live. I didn't know what to do. I was sort of, I mean, it was a real time of anxiety. And I, you know, you can't... I, you know, I had just been, I had a job before that, but I wasn't, you know, flush with cash to just sort of wait around in Toronto for something to show up. And, you know, you don't make a lot of money as an assistant. So it wasn't like I could replenish um, a savings account after one movie, but it was, you know, I really wanted to try and I really wanted, you know, I can be an assistant. I can get coffee. I can, rush around the city and find whatever it is that somebody needed. And it turned out to be that it was a really good fit. I really loved Adam and his family and the crew. And, you know, it was an intimidating first experience, but it was really um, a good way to get into it. When you look back, if you reflect on that sort of way of getting in, uh, is that is that sort of like the best way? Should people do that? Or do you think uh, there's there's better ways to crack into the industry? So I live in Los Angeles now. And I think that there are a lot of different ways. Um, if you can be in LA, if you can start at an agency in the mailroom, you know, that sort of old cliche is very, very much still true out there. But in Canada, working for an American feature, I felt like gave me a really interesting perspective. And I've worked on Canadian shows too. And I, um, I, I really value those experiences as well because it's a very different feeling and different set. But now in my career, I've been able to make and be a part of making um, and be an assistant or you know an associate producer, supervising producer on Canadian features in Canada that then have worldwide distribution. And that American perspective of mine at the beginning, I think really lent to that um, ideal. So where did you go after you were Adam Sandler's assistant? How did your career progress from there? So Adam, on like one of the last couple of days, I think he was there for like one more week. And he was like, what are you going to do when I leave? Because, you know, they hire a local assistant in every city for like what's called the first on the call sheet so like adam sandler was the first name on the on the call sheet of the day that's like that actor often not always but on a bigger movie will get an assistant that is local to the city so i pretended to be local to toronto to get that job but he was like what are you going to do next and i i had just secured a interview for another movie that was coming like a couple of weeks later for a director named tom mccarthy and Adam had just worked with Tom and Adam pulled out his phone and was like, why didn't you tell me? Pulled out his phone and called Tom and was like, I have, you know, my assistant is going to be an assistant on your movie. 
And so then I went, I remember he had, he had like four or five people in his team call the other team being like, you should hire Jackie. And I remember going into my interview, it was to be the producer's, the producer's assistant, I'm sorry, on the, on a movie called Spotlight, which then went to win the Oscar. And I, I remember in the interview, um, it was with a man named Michael Sugar and he, he was like, okay, great. So it's nice to meet you. Uh, like, how are you? What, what? And I was like, do I have the job? And he was like, well, Adam Sandler says you have the job. So I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that feel? It sounds so surreal that like Adam Sandler just takes out his phone and calls someone out. What was it? What was the feeling for you? Well, he was like, so he's so nice. And and he had like he had his agent call, he had his manager call, he had his um like sort of uh, one of his associates at the company call, and I was like, Adam, they're not gonna want to hire me. You're so annoying. Like you're just calling everybody. And he was like, I think it'll be fine. And I was like, okay. And I I didn't really obviously have any sense of how Hollywood worked, but it was so kind and helpful. And you know, every time I see Adam, he I'm always so grateful that he was a part of that. Um, it was an amazing, wild, ridiculous thing that happened to me. So now you are at the point where you're beyond just being an assistant and you're, you're doing production stuff on set. Um, where, where are you hoping to go? So I just actually left the company that I had been working for for the last five years. And I'm starting out on my own a little bit, which is really exciting. And, you know, I've learned a lot from being an assistant on set to being a supervising producer on set and to getting all of those um, moments in between. And the last job I had was really heavy on development and putting together the production and all of those skills that you need in order to make your own projects. So I'm going to try to take those and uh, make some projects within the Canadian system, hopefully. There's, I mean, there's telephone money and you, like, there's certain avenues you can go in Canada that are really exciting but there's also so much talent in in writers and directors and I've spent the last you know few years meeting them which has been really nice and hopefully I'll be able to put something together with those contacts that's very exciting I'm curious also mm -hmm. just why what why did you want to get into movies so badly like uh, why did you not want to do lifestyle I and mean, you mentioned a while ago you didn't you wanted to go back towards more I guess um, proper movies or traditional movies. What What is it about it? Yeah, I I love storytelling. My degree at the U of A was in English and I, well, a double major in English and, and the history of art, design and visual culture, which is art history, but a fancy way of saying that. And I, I felt like it put the two things together. Art history was obviously a visual history and English is the story. And the thing I loved most about art history was sort of the story behind the painting or the story behind the sculpture. And the thing I loved about English was, you know, escaping into those books. And I, I think film really brought the two together, but it wasn't something I knew at the time. It, it really developed um, with, with like my next, like my next uh, educational en encounter, I guess. I like went to, I did a communications diploma um, that one of the art history teachers had done. So she she recommended it to me. Ann Whitelaw, who's no longer at the UVA, but was a great professor, said that I should try this program. And in this program, it opened my mind up to maybe not quite a traditional job. 
And what another thing I'm just kind of curious about, just for anybody who's thinking about working in this field, what sort of skills do you think you use the most in your job? Or what do you think is most important to use in your job in terms of skills? Um, well, a producer is mostly a problem solver. Um, I always joke that it's because I have an arts degree that I'm able to think critically. But I think... I, I think that that's sort of what the producer's role is, is to like see what's in front of you and be able to find a way out or through it, basically. And also, I just wondered if you could, if you have advice for networking, because you seem to be excellent at networking. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misjudging you, but like, how do you do it? What's, how do you muster the courage to just reach out to people? You know, I think that, uh, how do I do that? I don't know. I think that there's like a, there's a, a way in always and I think that you as especially as someone who's graduated or who's looking for a job or who's sort of in between things like that's the time especially when you're able to reach out and just ask for advice and per this podcast people love talking about themselves I'm having a great time I would love <laughs> to tell <laughs> I'd love to tell anybody anything about my life so it's I think you have an opportunity when you're you know like certainly when you're young and looking to be to call someone and be like, look, I don't know how to do it, what I want to do. And you seem to know. So if you can enlighten me in any way, that's very helpful. That that's what so I did with with Sabine. And she basically started my entire career. Yeah. And that rings very true with the guests that we've spoken with. And it seems like most people are willing to give advice if you if you ask them. Have you had any negative experiences when you're reaching out to people? I've had some experiences where it like doesn't pan out exactly how I wish it would. Um, I think that's true. Like you want to work for someone or whatever and you speak to them and there's no job or you. Um, yeah, that's basically the worst it can be. It's like, oh, OK, well, at least I know them. And next time there is a job, maybe there'll be something there. I want to go back to just your career for a second. So you worked on a movie that is out right now, right? Yes, it's in theaters, um, and it'll be available to rent on iTunes in November, November tenth. What's the name of the movie? It's called The Broken Hearts Gallery. Uh, and I just wondered, what's it like to release a movie in a pandemic? It must be the weirdest thing. Yeah, it is weird. And, you know, you want to encourage everybody to go see your movie, but you also want everyone to stay safe. So it was a little bit of a um, push and pull there. But, you know, people who were able to see it saw it, which was really exciting. And now we're really excited for it to have a second life now that it'll be available in homes. And I think, you know, most people will be able to see it now that had hoped to. So it's weird, but it's still okay. Has has COVID had like it must have had a dramatic effect? I, it's interesting. We joked earlier that um, you know I said we interviewed someone who worked on video games. Now we're interviewing you who works on movies, and those are kind of the only two things that people can do right now. But has COVID? It seems like it's dramatically impacted what what Hollywood can do at least. Or but has it uh, has it impacted your your work? Yeah, I mean I'm not filming right now. Um which a lot of my friends are, and it's a very strange experience filming on a COVID set. It's very um, particular and very methodic and very strict. And whereas before there were a lot of snacks and a lot of like, you know, interactions between groups of people. Now it's very regimented and you can't eat on set. And there's like certain rules, but 
Um, in terms of the greater sort of production uh, schedule, I think it's definitely limited it. I mean, if you want to get really into it, it's an insurance question. And a lot of the independent features can't really um, scrape together the insurance because some are not insuring against COVID. And there's been some, um, it's just a much more complicated process and a much more expensive film shoot. So there, the big studios are back. The big shows are getting back. The big movies are are working, and and that's great. And I think that'll sort of trickle down to the rest of us at some point. I can, uh, you know, I was worried because I was like, what happens when we run out of like new shows and new movies <laughs> to watch? Then, <laughs> then the no, then they're the... still happening. They're getting, they're they're working on it. There's a lot going on right now. Do you ever do you ever think about um, taking on different roles? Like, do you ever think about writing or directing or anything like that? Or do you just like to stay in production? And are there avenues once you're in the industry to explore those different routes? That's a very um, there's so many answers to that question. I think my personal feeling is that it's easier for a creative person to step into a business role than for a business person to step into a creative role. Um, I think actors can sometimes write or sometimes direct or sometimes produce. I think producers that try to do all for me, I think it's a little bit more complicated um, just perception wise, but that's also maybe my own bias. I, I find it, I, you know, I think that a creative person who's being creative has an easier pathway to that. But producers, definitely, there are some producers who write and some directors who produce. And, you know, there's a little bit of crossover everywhere. I was also wondering if there were times, and maybe you've already answered this, but it's something we try to ask in every podcast episode we do. And that is, did you ever feel stuck in your career? Did you ever think, oh, my God, I've made a horrible mistake and now I'm trapped in this? Or well, for you, was it always think... keep going? I think for everybody in in the role of an assistant, I think you feel like you're an assistant for way too long. I think everybody always has that feeling like I've been an assistant for a million years when really it's only been, you know, two or three. Um, I think there were times in that space where I thought it would never end, for sure. Um, but, you know, then it does end and you've learned a lot. So I wouldn't stay as an assistant forever, but I think that for me was like a moment where I, I wasn't sure how to get out of that. Yeah. And it, it seems like I can see how that would be right. And a lot of people, when they get into those, the, those sort of entry level positions, they get anxious about moving along and moving up. How are you feeling now about sort of going out on your own? I'm excited. I mean, look, it might not last that long. There are always jobs and always opportunities and, you know, sometimes um, going out on your own lasts a long time. And sometimes it lasts a short time. It just sort of depends what comes and what opportunities are around. And I think I'm really excited because, you know, sometimes you find material that isn't exactly part of the mandate of the genre of the company or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're working for and, and with, but when you're out on your own, you get to try your own taste and see what the market has available. So I'm really, I'm excited. I've been reading a lot. I've been meeting with a lot of writers. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff out there. And, you know, you, every film project or television project is a huge teamwork sort of initiative. Like there's a million people who work on every show. So when I say going out on my own, it's, it's a misnomer because you're never really out on your own. They'll always be a partner. Are there specific elements from your degree 
that you think serve you particularly well in here? I know you talked about storytelling, so maybe you hit on it already. Um, well, I mean, the last movie, The Broken Hearts Gallery, is about an art gallery, and I have an art history degree from the University of Alberta, and that came in handy. I mean, I was, you know, able to make certain jokes or I knew certain facts that it became helpful on the day. Um, I mean, well, with an English degree, you have an English degree, you know, like a lot of your time is sitting reading, thinking about the material, thinking about how it makes you feel or what emotions are it evokes or how it tells the story in a new and exciting way. And I think that's what we're always trying to do in film. Yeah, that's fine. And I mean, at U of A, it's the... Um... It's English and film studies all in one, so you can you can get. I both. didn't take a single film studies class. No, neither which, did I. In hindsight, could have maybe been helpful, but but you could tell people that your degree is from English and film studies. So there you that's go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, the film class was like at an awkward time, and it didn't like fall into my schedule. And I never, I don't know. I really wish I had taken it, but I didn't. No, uh, you can always audit audit an online one. They're all online right now. Are they really? Um, That's a good idea. I'm auditing the U of A Native Studies class right now. Oh, yeah. Um, in, indigenous, the the 101. Uh, yeah. Indigenous History, Indi the MOOC. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, it's extremely popular. Um, yeah. And I did right. my degree with Tracy Bear, who teaches that. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's amazing. It's been really, I mean, it's nice to have something to study a little bit while you're, you know, in yeah. quarantine. <laughs> Very accessible as well. Um, yeah, the last sure. bit I wanted to get at before we do the lightning round is, uh, do you have any advice if there's a student who's graduating and they really want to get into film, what advice do you have for them? I tell this to all of the interns that I've worked with too. I think the biggest thing is not to, is to follow up because if I had just sent my resume, if I had just let it go into the ether of somebody's inbox, I never would have gotten anywhere. And I think that like following up is maybe the most important thing for all careers. It's like you need to put yourself in a category of people that are actively trying to get it and writing a resume and sending in an email. Just I just don't think that it cuts it in the end. That is excellent. And I think that is definitely advice that applies to every career. I guess another thing I was wondering since everyone's in lockdown with more free time, perhaps what should all the people who have been like writing their spec scripts be doing? Like, do they just send them out? Is that, is, do you follow up on that? What anybody who's like, I want to write in Hollywood or something like that. What would oh, they yeah. do? Well, that's a little bit more complicated because most people won't take an unsolicited script. Um, it's a, you know, there's legal issues. It's, you know, you end up reading too much that isn't really, uh, viable maybe so I mean the best thing to do is to try to find a manager in Canada there are certain screenwriting initiatives like that Bell Media has or CBC or um, Telefilm the Harold Greenberg Fund is you know supportive of screenwriting the CFC um, in Toronto is really supportive of screenwriting so if you wanted to be a Hollywood writer that's one way to get attention and to get a manager and to try to find someone to read your script that could get you a manager that could get you a producer. How is working in in Hollywood or show business or movies different than what you expected? What was the thing that was really different? 
I think I didn't realize how many people work in Hollywood. I think, you know, you obviously see the actors and then you see the people on the screen at the awards shows, but behind that, there's so many people. There's like an army of assistants. There's a bunch of, you know, associate producers or development executives or agents. There's just, there's a million people that do various parts of the job. Um, and I think that that was something I really didn't understand until moving to LA. It's got to be crazy to see all those people come together to finish this project. Like, does it ever feel like the movie will never end or never happen or never get completed because it's so gigantic? Until you're standing on set rolling on your first day, you're not sure that it's going to happen. I think that there's there's so many moving parts and so many people involved. You know, a flight gets canceled and your actor doesn't show up. And, you know, like that's a huge problem there's a there's a million little things that can go wrong and right now especially obviously with the pandemic it's like an added element of uh you know possibilities of (laughs) detrimental possibilities but hopefully you know most people are being tested and being very careful but like until you're done filming you're not really sure i mean there were a million projects that had like two or three days left when they had to shut down um, and they've now since been able, a lot of them, to to pick up those last few days. But um, it certainly wasn't without its stress for those producers. Well, speaking of tests, we are going to go on to the lightning round, which is brought to you by our affinity partner, TD Insurance. And uh, this is just a series of questions, and you can just answer with whatever comes to your mind. Um, the first one is, uh, have you ever been fired from a job? Uh, I've been let go before, but never fired now. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I really don't think I knew. I don't think I ever really had a plan. Yeah. When you got to university, did you have an idea then? Oh my gosh. No, I had, I was always so stressed. Like picking a major was like the worst time of my life. I think I like, I started, I did art history because like I was doing the honors art history program. And then like I proposed a, I proposed a paper that didn't go over well in the art history department. It was called humanism in a half shell turtle power. And I wanted to compare, <laughs> I wanted to compare the teenage mutant ninja turtles to their particip- to their corresponding Renaissance painters and, and sculptors. And I remember, um, the head of the department was like, we don't have a Renaissance specialist. And I was like, that's not the point. It's hilarious. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I don't know if art history is right for you. And then I was like, Ugh, I'm not going to sit through like high level Italian classes if I'm not allowed to write this paper. So then I realized I was like two credits away from a double major in English because all of my options were English at that time. So I just I did I transferred to a double major instead. But I had no idea. That's amazing. I think we're lesser for not getting that paper, although I'm sure someone has compared the Ninja Turtles. You know today. what? Thankfully, um, in in uh, Hannah Gadsby's last uh, Netflix special, she does talk about um, the Renaissance painters and, and the uh, Ninja Turtles. You know, it's interesting you talking about arts degree and the... People with career anxiety, a lot of them in arts have career anxiety. But from a lot of the interviews I've done with um, people in all kinds of different fields, 
they talk about the value of the soft skills that you develop in arts, like critical mm -hmm. thinking we talked about before, but also the ability to communicate the kind of teamwork that you learn and things like that. So arts, though, it doesn't necessarily set you on a direct path, like you're not going to get a job in an English factory. Right. It gives you a lot of versatile skills that seem to apply to a lot of different jobs. I think so. And I think, I mean, for an arts degree, in my in my sort of uh, perspective of it, I think is for the enjoyment of learning and the sort of um, action of all of those classes. Like you're sitting and talking about a book. It's like such a beautiful romantic way of learning. And I think that that's the whole point of the arts degree is to kind of enjoy what you're doing and then hopefully transfer those skills to something that you can enjoy getting paid for. What's something that you wish people knew about your job or understood about your job? I don't know. That's a hard question. There, The job is so like different on a day-to-day -day basis. And I remember my nephew when he was like three years old was like, do you hold the camera? And I was like, no. And he was like, do you write the story? And I was like, no. And he was like, do you like what sorry what do you do and I was like I don't know <laughs> and then he was like well I have you here how do they make Clifford so big and I was like well Clifford that's a question I can answer that's a drawing but you know I think I think um like being a producer is is very versatile and you can get different um it's a, it's a different job every time which is kind of exciting but there's nothing there's not one thing that i wish people understood what know. advice do you have for someone who feels like they're in a career rut i mean i think everybody feels that way i think the from the highest paid person to the lowest paid person it's just a matter of um timing you know people move around a lot in la which also is not necessarily um, typical of my growing up. You know, my dad had the same job forever. And then I go to LA and people move around every like two or three years. I think there's, if you can find the flexibility and if you can manage to, to move around, that's great. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in the, in the industry you're in? I don't know. I think about that a lot, especially when I'm like trying to figure out next steps always. It's like, what is, what would be better than this or what would be different? And I, I don't know. I really like what I'm doing and I, I don't think I would have been happy um, in other positions. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself just after you after you graduated, what advice would you have for yourself? Um, I think, you know, it is such an anxious time and not knowing what you want to do is feels like the end of the world because there's nowhere to start. But, you know, eventually you'll get a job. I think you'll figure it out. In respect to your education or your career, is there anything that you wish you had done? Um, I wish I had taken some film classes. I think that would have been helpful. Um, but I ended up doing some film classes in my like graduate work and that was great but I don't know I think I really loved my degree I like took classes on ink like it was just you know it's fun it's great Jackie this has been fun thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about the amazing world of making movies my pleasure I hope uh, I hope this was helpful to someone 
Big thanks to our guest this episode, Jackie Glick, for coming on and talking about her career journey in Hollywood. Her latest movie, The Broken Hearts Gallery, is available to rent on iTunes and Google, among other places, so please do check it out. And as always, a reminder that the best place for alumni to connect with other alumni about jobs, mentorship, or volunteer opportunities is the online platform Switchboard. It's free, and you can try it out today at uab.ca slash sboard. It's a great tool, no matter where you are in your career journey. That's it for this episode. For What the Job, I'm Matt Ray. Thanks for listening.